Leviticus chapter 19, verses 1 through 2, and verses 15 through 18. The Yahweh spoke unto Moses, saying, Speak to all of the congregation of the sons of Israel. You shall be holy, for I, Yahweh, am holy. Do not do wrong in judging. Do not lift up or bear the face of the weak. Do not honor the face of the great. In righteousness, you shall judge your people. You shall not go slandering among your peoples. Don't stand your blood on your neighbor. I am Yahweh. You shall not hate your brother in your heart. Dispute your argument and don't bear upon him his sin. You shall not avenge and you shall not keep your anger against the sons of your people. And you shall show love to your neighbors as to yourself. I am the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for the 21st Sunday after Pentecost comes from the Old Testament lesson of Leviticus, serving as the basis of our theme today, cemented in Christ. I'm gonna lay down the law. If you love 70 small town corrupt sheriff movies like I do, you know that phrase well from said genre. You also know that the sheriff in those movies set anywhere from the 1920s to the early 1960s does not mean enforcing the Constitution of the United States of America. He actually means his laws as he sees fit in all matters pertaining to the county under his jurisdiction. That may include running the hippies, outsiders, or even minorities out of town before sunset. That may also include smashing the illegal moonshine stills that compete with his illegal moonshine stills. It could even mean burning a cross in the front yard of a black family's house, or even lynching some innocent young men. As gritty and uncomfortable as these movies can be, I can't help but watch them all the way through when they come out on TV. And I think it's because I want to see the anti-hero that is almost always present, ready to challenge the corruption of the county. He or she stands up courageously in the face of overwhelming odds, managing to expose the vice and subsequently unseats the dirty dodger, replacing the sheriff themselves or raising up a principal deputy to carry on with integrity. Whether it is accomplished by legal maneuvering through the courts or by rallying the oppressed people to stand up loudly from their formerly silent majority, or even sacrificing themselves to the point that their sacrifice is the catalyst for the change needed for so long. Whichever way it happens, it changes everything. 
roughly one year from the Israelites' exodus from Egypt, God appears to be similarly laying down the law. Granted, not with the corrupted nature of those southern Gothics, but definitely an impossible standard for anyone. After all, these Israelites were sinners and would hardly improve even after Moses would literally lay down the law written on tablets of stone. And those tablets were the work of God and the writing was the writing of God engraved on the tablets. Today, the standard could not be clearer. You shall be holy for I, the Lord, am holy. Bam! Law laid down right there. You shall be holy, like God is holy. If you didn't know better, and I would suggest they did not, you would think this was just a new boss, same as the old boss. I can just imagine the whole company of Israel thinking in their heads, you mean to tell me we left the dreadful demands of Pharaoh just to live the impossible expectations of Yahweh? How in the world are we going to do that? How many of us have been faced with impossible situations as well? Deadlines beyond reach, unattainable goals, ridiculous expectations, workloads more certain to overwhelm then succeed. That's the stuff of life. It either makes you or breaks you. But more often than not, failure is as certain of a result as any. But sometimes, a rare individual comes along that has the wherewithal to show the means to victory over the impossible obstacle. When they come, and when we inexplicably succeed, we hail them as our rescuer and look to them for leadership in all future situations that can seem hopeless once again. In the movie, The Guardian, with Kevin Costner and Ashton Kutcher, Kevin plays the hero role of Ben Randall the grizzled Coast Guard rescue swimmer, rumored to have as many as 200 saves before he came to the A school in order to train future rescue swimmers. One scene in the movie alludes to his storied heroism when a student asked him about his number of saves. The conversation went like this. Student, what's your real number? Ben Randall. 22. Student. 22? That's not bad. I mean, it's not 200, but Ben Randall interrupts. 22 is the number of people I lost. The only number I keep track of. I have to say, the film writers did an excellent job of pointing out that even our most ardent of emancipators in the end are people. And to err is human. Whether it's politicians or pastors, firemen or first responders, mayors or magistrates, doctors or even debutantes, 
at the end of the day, no one is ever impeccable. Because at the end of the day, they are all people. Imperfect people. And imperfect people, we learned in our lesson today, do a lot of imperfect things. We say things they should not concerning people who do not deserve it. We rage at the batting of an eye, holding so much anger against one another for so little offense. And make ourselves toxic avengers who often become the very evil we vow vengeance upon. Justice is defined with violence in the streets rather than in the order of the courts. Judging words are launched like javelins in the chat rooms and social media posts. Honor is festooned upon criminals with accolades toward the unworthy, and we even champion advantages to those in helpless estate, which actually makes their cultural condition worse than it was before we, uninvited, intervened. When it all blows up in our face, we look to God, and God's reply feels curt, saying, Didn't I say you shall be holy? And we wonder, how can I be when it's so hard? My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, that right there is when we got it so wrong. And that's because we falsely believed someone can be the best of the best. We falsely believed that there really was someone who could be greatest from among us. That's when we thought we could keep score thinking, ah, at least I'm better than most. Okay, maybe I'm just good enough. Or maybe everyone will just recognize that at least I tried. We wave our good works like a banner in a pride parade, knowing deep down we have nothing to be proud of. Then, when we're ready to be honest with ourselves, we finally ask for mercy, knowing what we've done deserves no reward at all. And that's when the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Word of God, shows us the way out of our self-made shields. Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, comforts us in Galatians 2.20, saying, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And Jesus says concerning his disciples in John 17, 23, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one so the world may know that you sent me. And Martin Luther so eloquently adds, by faith, you are so cemented to Christ that he and you are one person. Indeed, Luther is true. For Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree, so that in Christ Jesus the blessings of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. When God the Father says, you shall be holy, 
And when Jesus affirms those words in Matthew 5, 48, saying, you therefore must be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect, because Jesus died on the cross for you, in God's eyes, you are perfect. Just like he said, you would be. And with that confidence, because God has perfected us already, we can go out and do what he sent us to do, knowing he will always perfect our flaws with his Holy Spirit. We can speak the truth of Jesus to our neighbor with love, knowing the Holy Spirit will make it a comforting and joyful in their hearing. We know we can feed the needy, lift up the downtrodden, unburden those in despair because the Holy Spirit will let them see the arms of Jesus lifting them instead of our weak and fallible fingers. We know that we can come alongside those mourning at the loss of loved ones because the Spirit will open their eyes to the heavenly mansions that will await us all in the new heavens and the new earth. We may not say it, do it, or even think it perfectly, but Christ will. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, that is all that anyone will see. Your Redeemer Jesus has perfected you, and your Savior Jesus Christ lives in you, so now you can live each day as God intended, cemented to Christ that he and you are one person. Amen.